We went to this meeting. We didn't realize it was a pitch because we hadn't had experience. We just turned up. We just turned up. Are you right? Do you want to have a chat? And they're like, go on. And you got your presentation. And we were like, shit, it's a pitch. <laughs> One of the first things we did that really helped build ensuring you spend at least 20% of your time, your resource energy in trying and testing something completely new. Part of the LinkedIn Creator Program, my mission over the next six weeks is to create a podcast series where I interview other agency founders on exactly what it takes to build a successful agency. Join me as I set out to understand how they think, hopefully learn some tips and hear their stories. This is Confessions of an Agency Owner. Today's guest on Confessions of an Agency Owner is Dan Knowlton, one of the founding brothers of Knowlton Marketing. Along with his brother Lloyd, they produce some of the most entertaining content on LinkedIn and they really stand out from their podcast, newsletter, videos and daily posting. I wanted to learn more from Dan on how they find the time to do so much marketing and also produce it so consistently, alongside why they use humour as their approach to stand out. Dan was a great guest to have on the show and if you're struggling to market your own business, I'm sure you'll get lots from it. Have a listen. Hello Dan, how are you? Good. Good to yeah, see you. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, good to yeah, see you. Yeah, I'm excited. Am I guest number three? Uh, you're guest number three. Yes, you are. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, I'm still finding my way a bit, but um, hopefully You'll I'll be fine, mate. Much. You'll be fine. <laughs> cool. Right. So the big question I've got for you, Dan, today really is like, you and Lloyd stick out for me as like completely unique, especially on social with the content you do. So I've got kind of two questions for you, really. One... <laughs> How the hell do you fit all the stuff you do into your day? Uh, and two, you know, um, what made you go down the route of like comedy and, and entertainment style for your marketing? Okay, so I'll, I'll start with question two because it gives the backstory that leads into the answer to question one. So um, how did we discover this? So we pretty much spent the first three years of running our agency in our parents' spare room uh, just us trying to figure out what on earth we were doing and what our unique kind of value proposition was to the world. So we built websites, we did training and social media, we created content, did everything basically. And um, over the years, we tried lots of different things. Some things worked, some things didn't f in terms of growing our agency. And in 2017, we wanted to create a testimonials video. Once we'd ha got a few clients under our belt, we were like, right, this is the time to get a good testimonials video to build credibility to then attract new customers. But we knew that no one is gonna watch a testimonials video. They're like, you know, who's gonna watch a five minute video of your customer saying nice things about you? It's not the kind of thing you'd sit down and watch like Netflix, is it? It's, no. So we wanted to come up with something a bit creative. So we sort of racked our brains and we came up with up this idea that we would actually go out and interview our customers like you would in a normal testimonials video to get the kind of credibility and social proof of them saying, yes, Knowlton is really good at what they do and that kind of thing. But we also thought, um, we, which is a bit weird, we would dress up as different characters pretending to be our own customers and sort of have a bit of a witty script that was like, yeah, Dan and Lloyd are great. And we had all these different sort of comedic characters and we cut the comedic characters in between the actual interviews with our customers. Oh, brilliant. And it made a bit of a video that was yeah so that and we posted it online didn't think much of it and f at the time for us it got like a few thousand views a lot of comments of people saying nice stuff and it actually drove quite a lot of new business for us people saying you know this is great let's have a chat and that was our first kind of light bulb moment of wow we can actually create content that's got that's highly focused on a sales objective of driving new business for us like a selfish objective 
but it also is is selfless as well because it provides value to the people watching it in terms of it's like entertaining and fun to watch and that was the first real aha moment for us and then we started to roll that out with our customers and thought let's try and produce some entertaining fun content that is also helping to drive sales for you started doing that with like small local companies and then since then we've now gone on to work with some of the biggest brands in the world and implementing that same approach the selfish objective but also delivering it in a selfless way yeah and i think um it, it i think from a customer's point of view it kind of gives the impression that you're fun to work with as well and i think there's a lot to be said to that isn't there yeah i think this is the thing that i've realized over the years as well chris is all of our all of our new business is inbound so everything comes to us and um also everything comes to us pre-qualified so in t instead of us trying to reach out to potential customers say hey let's have a chat do you want to work with us all of our opportunities are coming to us saying um saying i've seen what you do really like the culture of the team seen all your content you know we do a whole series called inside Knowlton where we do a behind the scenes vlog of showing what it's like to work with us on set so they've seen all of that stuff they've listened to our podcast and seen what we're like to work with um and they already come to us saying yep we want to do this let's discuss how we can make it work and for us that saves a huge amount of resource in trying to convince people to work with us mm. and and for me who manages all of the sales in our business it's much less stressful because i'm not trying to convince the unconvincible they're already coming to us knowing that they want to work with us it's a case of us figuring out how we can sort of package that up in a way that's best for them do they all come to you with that approach in mind that the entertainment style videos or i'd say um i'd say a large like, like probably 70 percent do but also um uh, the other the other sort of group of clients is is come to us and say we really love what you do but we're not a funny brand so we can't work with you so i don't know if it's going to work we actually made a had a bit of an uh, a challenge in our business where we were producing all of this sort of entertaining comedic content for our own brand mm. and we were turning off a lot of credible brands who we'd want to work with because they thought we're a serious you know yeah that's um, what i was going to ask are you sort of shoehorning yourself into into that sort of comedy and that could put some people off i guess couldn't it yeah you're, yeah you're exactly right and we realized that problem because um we lots like we had various talks to different people saying oh i was speaking to this great company but they're a bit serious so we wouldn't recommend them to you and i'm there like we've done loads of non-comedic campaigns for some really credible brands like more emotive style campaigns or informative or educational and we weren't doing a good enough job of of communicating that stuff to the world mm -hmm. i guess because the fun stuff is so enjoyable and it's really tied in with lloyd and my personalities we always want to talk about like this is such a fun creative thing but you know talking about uh, running an emotive campaign for a care company about putting people into or supporting elderly people probably isn't as exciting but it's also we've done a brilliant job with that so we should be sharing that as well so it's it's definitely been a challenge um yeah so also that i think you that was the first kind of question part of the question the other thing you asked well it's just like you so you do i mean correct me if i'm wrong you do a podcast weekly you do a newsletter yes. every friday you do these <laughs> videos i mean you now host events as we saw as we met the other day um you know, you've obviously you post every single day. You know, what else are you doing? And and I think, like for me as a as an agency owner as well, it's well, you you know, you're in the same boat. It's the time, isn't it? I mean, how do you find the time <laughs> yeah. to do all of that? Consi but not just like just do it. You do it consistently and you do it well. And I think that you know that really sets a bar that 
people are probably going, how the hell do you do that? Well, firstly, thanks, Chris. I really appreciate that. It's nice when That's people right. notice it because we do put a huge amount of effort into it. So thank you. So I guess the first thing to note is it's definitely been a journey. So like, and, and I, I, I've sort of have seen myself doing this in the past, looking at other people who are doing different things in their business really well. Like I really look up to you guys and think, wow, like oh, you thanks, are man. absolutely smashing it when you share some of your case study and stuff. I'm like, I want to be like Honcho. Um, but um, you also want to be careful not to like compare yourself too much and then be disheartened. So it's always a journey. Um, and also like comparing yourself as well, like, uh, you know, your, your step number 10 for you is very different to someone else's step number 50. So you're in a different position in the journey to them. So, yeah. so firstly, don't think that you've got to be as, instantly be as doing stuff as good as your competitors or someone else in your industry. So manage your own expectations that it takes time and it's a journey to, to get from where you are now to where you wanna be. So that's the first thing. The second thing for us, the biggest light bulb moment in terms of optimizing our processes and actually uh, consistently implementing an effective marketing process for our own company was when we actually shifted our mindset and put more focus in scheduling time to work on our own marketing. So previously, marketing would be an afterthought. It would be like, right, we've got some campaigns going on, some projects, let's work on that. Oh, let's do a post about it randomly. Like, oh, okay, let's do that. Or let's, you know, let's write a blog. Or, um, you know, in the early days, we used to write articles for publications and stuff. And it'd be more of an ad hoc thing. Like, mm -hmm. okay, we've got some time to work on marketing. The real shift for us when we eventually managed to move out of our parents' spare room and actually hired a team and got an office and worked with bigger brands and this is this has evolved over time. So the first process we had, we just thought, right, we're gonna schedule every single Thursday. We called it Content Thursday. So one day a week, purely anyone in the business had to work entirely on our own marketing and our content. And and that's not necessarily the the best way of doing it, but that actually got us thinking and prioritizing our own marketing over everything else consistently. Mm -hmm. so, so, so that was the first kind of thing we did and that allowed us to to start posting things consistently since then that that's evolved a lot over time as we've started to hire more of a team um and we've got lots more projects going on it's, it's it becomes uh more challenging to just set a day aside for everyone so now what we do is we allocate up to 25 percent of our whole team's resource a month okay. to marketing so you don't have do, I, you, do you have like a dedicated marketer then or is it a real team effort um so i like head head everything up we've got um a marketing manager that is i kind of work with closely and then we've got our production team that support us to produce all of the content um and and then we also bring in like even like obviously lloyd uh on the, with the podcast and supporting with scripts and things so it is a real team effort but there's a few key people like me and yaz who's our marketing manager who put most of our focus on our own marketing um but yeah at the start of the month we have that up to 25 percent resource and then i will look at everything we're doing look at our strategy and allocate that resource accordingly and thinking so for example you mentioned that we hosted an event at agencynomics that obviously comes out of our 25 percent marketing time so i had to think right we're doing that event that's going to take that amount of time so where are we going to sort of cut that time from and do less in other areas and it's it's a real it's evolving as well like we're not perfect but just setting that time out at the start is really important yeah, because I think a lot of agencies, are, you know, we're guilty of it. Marketing kind of comes last, especially if you're busy, because you've got to service your clients first, right? And it often gets neglected by a lot of agencies because 
they just don't get to it so i think one of the key things for me was getting a marketing manager in actually and and mm. you've then got someone accountable that is you know looking at that all the time yeah it's a constant balancing act as well chris like what you don't want to do and what we found sometimes is sometimes we go too far and focus too much on marketing and then we're like oh man we haven't actually allocated enough of our team's time to deliver client work mm. which is another challenge so it's like it's a constant balancing act and no one's perfect i think the fir that first really important step is allocating the time to to make it happen and then actually start trying your process and looking at how it's performing and then start to make tweaks accordingly and how important would you say momentum is because obviously once you get going it's that momentum isn't it that's when you start seeing the results definitely yeah like so for example going on that specific point looking at our podcast we we started our podcast uh, i think it was 2020 february 2020 and i remember our first podcast that we did it probably took us two and a bit days to prep for just what we were going to say in the 45 minute podcast um and then all the setup and everything huge amount of resource and time to to prep for that and we delivered it and i remember like my voice was shaking a bit we were quite because we've done videos before but it's a totally new format trying to yeah tell me talk. about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> mate you're doing really well like you're way better than i was when so i started what do I do with my hands that's the biggest thing i, I, I struggle with yeah yeah there's loads of there's those little things you, over time you just start to realize like yeah, but then fast forward to now, it probably takes Lloyd and I an hour. How many episodes have you done? For, uh, good question. I think we're on, how many episodes are we on? 200 and, no, 200 or 100 and, 100 and something. Wow. 100 and something, maybe like, yeah. I think actually no, 120 was released yesterday, so 120. Um, but yeah, it's just that, it's just like um, training a muscle, like anything. You start off, you're crap, yep. and... Um, you know, you're. No, no, I'm not saying you, Chris. You're actually. <laughs> you're starting a lot better than I was, um, and then you just over time you get used to uh, feeling comfortable having those conversations. And and the, the the one thing that I that really changed for me in terms of becoming more comfortable on camera and in, in the podcast is just feeling like you're speaking to a friend rather than thinking there's people watching. I need to say good stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. more just it comes across way more natural when you start to feel comfortable and stuff which yeah just takes time i mean it's been I, i've only really started doing video for the last year really and again like it's been such a journey getting comfortable just even having it in front of you you literally just start laughing and you, you just feel like you feel like it, a bit of a dick to be honest with you. It, it's a weird it's a weird thing because there, there's some weird thing like when someone puts a camera in front of you for the first time ever and you're completely not used to it mm. You almost feel like, like I used to turn into a robot and, and turn into a completely different person. So I could talk, you know, I could say, you know, practice and say good things to between Lloyd and I, and then a camera would be there and I'd think, oh my God, I need to say something good. Uh, uh, and, and it's just incredibly nerve wracking. But something I found, if anyone's sort of watching or listening and can resonate with this in terms of that, uh, you know, that challenge of having the confidence to feel comfortable on camera, the thing that really helped me was early on i started making like instagram stories and snapchat when snapchat was a bigger thing and instagram stories um i would document my day and things i was doing growing our agency yeah and just it sounds stupid but just speaking to that looking at that piece of glass your phone your smartphone and speaking into it every day you started to get feel comfortable talking to a piece of glass as if you've to make, so it felt like talking to a person and over time training that muscle when you do get into a conversation like this or on a podcast 
you've trained that muscle so many times that it just feels like you're chatting to a friend and it just takes time to keep keep doing it. I think really. it is, isn't it? You've just got to keep doing it. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, massively behind you on that journey, but it, it's getting easier and easier as we go. Yeah, so that's really yeah. great advice. Yeah. So what, um, in terms of, sort of like what your uh, most powerful channel is, would you say? Like in terms of, or someone getting started, because obviously, you know, if you was to say to someone, market your agency and, you know, list off the things that you do on yeah. a weekly basis, that's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. But what would you say would be the first step for someone? So uh, I'd say, so in terms of what, what works best for us as an agency, there's really a few key channels. So LinkedIn's huge mm -hmm. for us. LinkedIn, um, yeah, is where we probably still get most of our new business from in terms of sort of CMOs and heads of marketing getting in touch with us and, and wanting to see how we can help them. Also, um, our podcast, Business Anchors. So what's quite interesting about our podcast is we started it as an experiment back in February 2020, just before COVID happened. Yeah. We, we were like, every year we focus at least 20% of our marketing resource in trying and testing something completely new. So it could be a new platform, a new strategy, a new tactic. And in February 2020, that 20% test was our podcast. And we, um, we, for a whole year, we produced a podcast every week and it basically made peanuts. We probably won a couple of new contracts that mentioned the podcast in some capacity, but um, yeah, and a year in, we eventually made a podcast episode, which was about Lloyd losing two million pounds worth of Bitcoin, which is a story for another time. Yeah. <laughs> we did a whole podcast episode on it. There's a reason I'm telling you this. And then a few weeks later, we got a phone call from a marketing manager from a startup who said, oh, listen to the podcast. Can we have a chat about how supporting us? We then um, got onto a pitch and I got onto a pitch with the marketing manager who I'd met and the MD of this startup who I'd never met. Right. The first thing he says to me is, did Lloyd get his Bitcoin back? <laughs> and I was like, what? He's like, I listen to your podcast when I run every week. Love it. We want to work with you. And yeah, did Lloyd get his Bitcoin back? And that, that was another real light bulb moment for me realizing like, and that, that turned into our first sort of six figure contract from the podcast. That made me realize the power of not just podcasting, but actually putting time and effort and resource into trying and testing something mm. new. Like now for us, our 20% test is TikTok. Right now, TikTok isn't the best platform to drive B2B business, but I think it will be. It will be at some at one point the way that it's going. Um, so yeah, definitely having that that twenty percent test and yeah. So for us, the podcast, LinkedIn, um, also referrals as well, um, and and current customers sort of signing up for new contracts and things. Um, but yeah, in terms of a first step for anyone listening, in terms of what they can do with their marketing, I'd really say schedule some time to actually think about it as a first step. Uh, like I mentioned before, actually putting time towards your marketing is, is really important. Mm. So um, set that time aside to actually sit down and actually come up with some ideas and that kind of thing. But how do you and, come up with so many ideas? I mean, like you don't even have guests on your podcast. So for me, I'm doing this. You're doing the majority mm -hmm. of the talking. Every week you do a podcast and it's just you two and you find a new topic yeah. to talk about. Uh, that must so be exhausting. I'll tell you, <laughs> the, well, I'll tell you the, how we do it easily. Okay. It's really simple and easy for us. So first of all, we have uh, like a strategy for the podcast that helps drive all of the topics. The strategy for the podcast is ultimately, we want this communication channel to drive new business for our agency. We don't just want it to be a fun thing to listen to and that kind of, we, you know, it's ultimately to drive new business. So there's two streams to allowing us to do that. First of all, one, it must be interesting to listen to for our target market. 
and our target market are marketers from brands. Mm -hmm. So we have to ensure that marketers from brands and business owners will find whatever we're talking about interesting and useful. That's the one thing it, it has to be. And it has to be fun and enjoyable to listen to. The second thing is it needs to subtly demonstrate that we as an agency deliver on our promises to our customers. So the way we do that is intertwine examples of campaigns we've run for clients, results we've achieved for clients. We talk about actual real life examples. So you've got the two things happening. One, highly targeted to our target market of marketers. And two, it's helping us because it's communicating we can deliver on our promises and it's driving new business. In terms of how we come up with the specific topic ideas, it's really simple. Each week, we look at our, what's happened in our agency and the lessons we've learned and the things that are going on. So, for example, um, we recently did uh, uh, a stint of sobriety and gave up alcohol um, to see how that impacted our lives and running the business. And we learned a huge amount of lessons from that that we thought marketers and business owners and anyone, like it was, that was relevant to a lot more people, but we shared the lessons that we learned because of that. Um, we've also, for example, um, I uh, went to LA recently to go to uh, Adobe Max because Adobe Express sponsor our podcast. And we did a whole episode that was released yesterday about how to get international clients or international sponsorship. Um, and again, that was useful, but it also communicated credibly to, to our audience that, that we're actually practicing what we preach. I mean, talk to us about that, that sponsorship then. I mean, how did that come about for your podcast? So we've done a whole podcast. On oh, this okay. As well. Sorry, I missed that one. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> but um, it's it's it, we did a whole podcast about relationship building, and it's all to do with relationship building. So uh, a number of years ago, I um, started uh, met this guy who ran a uh, a software company to do with social media, and over years, I've spoken at various events that he's spoken at. We've got to know each other. We've collaborate we collaborated with them and produced some content for them and stuff a num like a while ago. And over the years, that relationship's been building. And then last year, Adobe uh, acquired their their software. I think I know who you're it. talking about here, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, um, and then he uh, became part of that team and um, suggested that we talk to Adobe about podcast sponsorship. And then that's kind of how it started, really, just building that relationship. And then, yeah. Went from the next there. thing you're jetting off to LA. Yeah, that was wicked. We, yeah, it was really, really cool. We got to meet, there's there's like loads of uh, sort of Adobe Express ambassadors around the world that they all flew in and we all got to hang out and go to the event. And yeah, it was really, really cool. So if you could give, um, you know, some, you talked about maybe just setting aside that time to focus on, would you say focus on one thing or, you know, in terms of like getting started and, you know, you've seen it, I've seen it, how powerful LinkedIn can be. What would you say to someone that's nervous of even doing that? Because how much of it sits with the agency founder? And again, if they're early in that journey, they might not be ready for a marketing manager yet that can take some of that that strain off of them. How yeah, so I think a, f a few things. And are you talking specifically about like agencies now? Yeah, specifically for an agency owner, yeah. Yeah. Getting, start getting so started to get the, their name out there a bit more. Yeah, so, so um, I, I'd start to look again spend that time to look at strategy and to break it down into a few kind of key areas first of all really set out what are you trying to achieve here um and like we didn't do this properly for even the first couple of years of our business we didn't look to the future we we're just like let's just try and figure out how to have a sustainable business but it's really important to start with the end in mind and it could be a rough idea of where you want to end um 
But like for us now, we have a 2030 plan, which we did in 2020, which is a 10 year plan. And we know what we want that, say end point, it not, isn't necessarily the end point, but we know what we, where we wanna be in 2030. And we've built out a whole plan um, to, to get there, what we want the team to look like, revenue, profit, all of that stuff, so that we've started with the end in mind and then um, got a clear idea of where we're heading. That's mm -hmm. really, for us, that was really- Knowing your destination before you start really helps, doesn't it? Yes. Exactly, yeah. That was a really important um, sort of starting point for us. Once we did that, then it was a case of actually building a bit of a plan um, for how we're gonna get there. So, um, you know, really thinking about, again, this is like strategy 101, but thinking about who are we trying to convince to become a customer? Because again, early on, we just wanted anyone to be a customer. When we started out and we're in our parents' spare room, we were like, anyone who wants to work with us and pay us anything, we will work with you. <laughs> Um, and obviously over the years when you get more experience and you're less naive learning to <laughs> you start say to no realize, yeah. yeah exactly you, you, and you get in a better position to be able to say no because you deliver better work better results the caliber of client you're working with increases and you know I'm sure you've had this Chris because looking at the clients you work with now it's like top tier god tier yeah, but I'm sure it didn't used to be like that no, no, no. <laughs> I mean well, I was quite lucky in terms of like the first brands that I worked with were, were big brands and that kind of set the tone but learning to say no because like you say when when you're up against it it's and someone knocks on your door anyone and and they ask you to even do something you don't even do it's really difficult not to say yes if you if you're trying to uh, if you're trying to grow and meet targets but but yeah, le that learning to say no is one of the biggest lessons you can learn because the wrong client ru ruins you, yeah. Yeah, you almost have to learn by having a really shit situation with a client that you said yes to that you shouldn't yeah. have because okay. <laughs> we did that. Yeah, well, it's and then the same with so many lessons though, isn't it? You don't know until it happens and then... Yeah, you go through the motions of, you know, uh, they're incredibly difficult to deal with, they're never happy and they've got extremely high expectations and they change the goalpost and then you're like, right, we should have never said yes to this. And, and also it, it comes with experience that you start to see the telltale signs of those types of clients as well. So you can start to see the signs early on and really nip it in the bud early on and sort of communicate this isn't something we want to mm. do. Um, but yeah, learning to say no is really important. Um, so yeah, setting out the objective, looking at uh, your kind of who you're trying to target and who your audience are, and then really figuring out where are you gonna start to create content and communicate with those people to attract, convince and convert them to do whatever that you want them to do. Whether it's, well, for an agency, it will be like becoming a, a customer, but it could, for other brands, it could be buying your products. Where, where are those people looking for answers that you, that you can solve basically? And for us, um, you know, one of the main places now is LinkedIn uh, and on our podcast and that kind of thing. But for you, like for other agency owners, it could be through like optimizing their site with SEO or it could be, uh, you know, attending events. Um, and and you, you also asked earlier about, should you focus on one thing or a few things? I think one of the biggest mistakes we made early on was trying to do everything. And we did, ev we did everything in a very average way. Whereas when we did do what you said and actually honed in and said, right, let's focus on producing great content for social as a starting point. Then we realized, ah, now we've put all of our energy into this. We've done that really well. Once we've sort of nailed that, then we could move on to, to other areas like starting the podcast or speaking at events and that kind of thing. Um, and what one of those yeah. things do you think has given you the best, accelerated you the most? Is it speaking? Is it the podcast? Is it the, the LinkedIn posts? What? It's, it's completely changed over time. So I remember, so this, this takes me way back. 
one of the first things we did that really helped build my personal brand because initially our strategy was to build my personal brand mm -hmm. and that was what we did to attract clients now it's to build the Knowlton brand and the podcast yep. but in those early days the thing that really helped that was was writing articles for public like credible publications so i used to write articles for social media examiner which is one of the most well-known social media um sort of publications out there and various other content marketing institute and that would help position me as an industry leader um, that then brought inbound opportunities in because they'd read an article of me teaching them how to do something to do with social media and they thought, I want you to help me with that. So that was a, that was where we started. After that, then it started to be speaking at events. So actually, not, not like speaking at events and trying to sell to people, more thinking, right, what have I learned whilst growing the, my Twitter account? Or what have I learned whilst uh, you know creating content on social media and producing talks around that and educating an audience? But that completely stopped when COVID happened. Yeah, yeah. That, so that our main way of getting new business was speaking at events. Completely cut off in March 2020, which is where the podcast then started to overtake that. Okay. Because that's we, you know, um, so it completely changes over time. But this is why again I want to go back to that thing of ensuring you spend at least 20% of your time, your resource energy in trying and testing something completely new. Because if you're not doing that, you're gonna stick to the same things that you feel have always worked, uh, but you're never gonna find the new thing yeah, that yeah. people are gonna shift their focus towards. So definitely make sure you're doing that. I mean, at one point we even sent, when we were making weird sketch videos wearing wigs, we, we tested a whole thing sending these wig packages to decision makers at brands, <laughs> like a package with a wig in it, we looked at our LinkedIn analytics to see who in our target market had engaged with our sort of comedic sketch videos and then we sent them a personalized wig and we actually won quite a lot of business that That's way. Really, really but, um, yeah, well, I'd be interested, Chris. I yeah, know yeah. this is, isn't just, but um, where do you guys get most of your new business from? Because you seem to be smashing it and I want to learn from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, LinkedIn is, is honestly, it's definitely one of the biggest things. It's also referrals. Um, you know, I still get, I still get conversations from people I worked with years ago. So I think maintaining relationships is so important. Um, you know, we're, we're talking to a, a really huge brand at the moment. Um, and that's someone I worked with 15 years ago. And I haven't spoken to him since I worked with him. He, he was in my team uh, when, I, when I ran SEO at PC World. I hadn't spoken to him and he dropped me a message out of the blue. Um, and I didn't realize the brand he was working at, but you know they're they're pretty big at the moment they're a big fashion brand and um he said i finally got the opportunity to work with you and he's been following me the whole time so it just goes to show that you know it, like you say leaving that impression and that stuff you're putting out even though you think you know you're going to put a post out and then someone's going to inquire it doesn't work that way it's it's about nurturing them and, and sticking out and i think what you guys do really well just quickly is is, is that so like i say for me it's the clown uh, your podcast, Dan, I'll be honest, my son has Apple TV on his thing and he managed to change the home screen to podcast. Every time I went into his room, I'd turn it on and there's business anchors up there. <laughs> so really following me around. But um, we've, we've tried, yeah, I mean, so like for us, we're, we're obviously an SEO agency, but believe it or not, we don't really focus on SEO for marketing ourselves because we kind of target big brands and like those big brands are not going to type SEO agency into Google and look for an SEO right so so there's that the, the lot of the content is kind of blogs and things like that and what we're trying to do more of is, is white papers and really insightful stuff the, even the little things that are like almost just regurgitating news that's out there like the search updates like we've done that for i don't know quite a while but it's it's something we just kept with and it's just breaking down that information into a really concise format 
And again, people yeah. start following you for that as well. I think. I was just going to say, yeah, but say we're, we're behind, honestly. We need to, I don't speak at events. I've got, I've got someone coming on this show to help me with confidence there. It scares the life out of me to do that. Uh, we don't do enough of that. We need to do our own events. We need to do more webinars. Mm. There's so much more that we aren't even touching, um, you mm. know, which goes back to, you know, like you say, having that split of, of the channels that you target, really. That's exciting, though, I think. Yeah. To, to show that, like, you've had this success you have, and you haven't even touched those areas. Like, I, I'd think that's exciting. Yeah, it, it, is, <laughs> it's, it, it just shows that there's still potential there, right? I mean, and the networking bit um, and, and the speaking at events, totally. And, and it's something we're trying to push the team more to do as well. And, and like you say, that personal brand bit, what I, what I don't want is a lot of the business comes through myself and, and it's about us as an agency. It can't rely on me. It's got yep. to be building the brand of the agency. And that, we're going through exactly the same thing yeah, yeah and that's why we rebranded as well to be honest back in 2019 because we were sort of just looking like everyone else and and put mm. huge investment and and time you know to to come up with honcho and it's been a game changer it's been the best thing we ever did but at the time it was like oh my god is this going to break me but you yeah. know what is the backstory to the to the name and stuff so um i basically so i think media was i think media you know and it's like this it just sounds like a crappy sme <laughs> agency right you know and we no comment. And like, it does it's crap uh, but it came out i i invented that in 2008 you know when when wow. ipod was coming out you know so like <laughs> right I, so it was, I cool, was then. cool then dan um <laughs> and but yeah you know identified the fact that we work with these big brands and with this little blue and white crappy logo that looks like everyone else <laughs> and i was like we've got to reinvent ourselves you know but the next 10 years it needs to be something new so i bought um a guy called kevin in I, I literally went on linkedin and i looked for the best creative director i could find and he'd worked with playstation nike heineken and, yeah. I, and I, I loved his stuff so i got him in and uh we worked together for about a year uh and and honestly coming up we came up with some awful names <laughs> and, and at one point it was just like oh my god are we ever going to get there and one of the big things for our business especially at the time and for me was like i felt like i was pulling a bit of a bag of rocks up a hill so i was the leader trying to drive things forward and what i wanted was a team of leaders a team of people that can all help me drag that bag of rocks up the hill rather than yeah. me dragging them up so leadership became a big thing and about you know how we can make everyone in the team think like a leader you know and, and not not rely on delegation or being told uh and leader one of the words for leader head honcho uh was used in in world war ii by the japanese uh for like the the raf and air force people um mm. and that's how head honcho came about and honcho nice. and Earlier on in the process, I was very much retail, e-commerce. That's where a lot of our clients were. So that's how the barcode came into it. So initially, it was like retail search. We Honestly, we came up with some awful names. But the barcode <laughs> uh, came from this big focus of the retail. Uh, and the name came yeah. from, from the want and need of the brand and, and you know, the team mm. to become more, you know, think, of, think like leaders themselves, a team of leaders. So, did you know when when someone said honcho did you know like that's it or yeah. did it take a bit of think? yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? when we got to that point that was that was this is it and exciting and then all of a sudden it's like you've then got to communicate that to your team and and convince them and luckily we showed them mm. it they loved it and and the key people in my business oh, were like good. yeah let's do this um yeah. and again the retail it's thing so was like the shop in our reception you know it, it all came from yeah. from the retail 
uh, side. And I, and I thought, well, we get these e-commerce brands come to our office. Wouldn't it be great if they came into a shop? And I love they that. The I remember seeing that. And we put it in a bag. And it can't just be like a crappy bag. It's got to be a boutique-style yeah. bag. So How much do you feel like, because um, I saw you post about that, and I think this is something that completely makes you stand out. How because I'm sure that was quite a significant investment to get all the oh, great, yeah. lovely products and settle that mm. out. And do you like? Have you got the return on investment back from that yet? Do you think? I know it's not um, directly trackable, but yeah. like, do you feel like it's a more of a brand piece? It's definitely a, a brand piece. memorable piece. I mean, I want to do more designs and more hoodies. And, and we were getting so many people asking us for hoodies and t-shirts. The entrepreneur in me suddenly was like, "Let's create an e-commerce shop. Let's sell <laughs> these things." But then um, quickly realized that trying to make like eight quid on a t-shirt versus trying yeah. to sell an SEO retainer for 10 grand or whatever a month <laughs> yeah, it's is like, where like... should I put my time? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think it-, it has... New shiny object comes to mind. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it, it's, it's definitely, it's part of our brand. It's such a huge part of our brand um, that, yeah, it does, people remember you for it. And the conversations I have mm. still about that and people that email me asking for a hoodie or a t-shirt still, um it's it was worth it and i think even even the retail unit you know i'm i'm quite a perfectionist and i saw that retail unit uh, it was actually based on a nike store in new york i hadn't seen it in person wow. but even the retail unit i had made specifically to match that identically yeah yeah so wow yeah it looks so cool uh yeah maybe you've done a few posts about it and stuff but yeah definitely makes you stand out no and i think standing out is yeah. Again, one of the reasons why I've talked to you today because you guys stand out in terms of your marketing, and it's um, mm. it, you know a lot of agencies go back to simple blog posts, and it's such an easy fallback. What should we do? Well, let's write blog posts, and mm. you know it doesn't quite have the reach that it used to. Obviously, you can share them now as articles, and then you can tie that into a newsletter on LinkedIn and things like that. And you've got other publications that you can publish that stuff on. But being remembered is so important. Like I say, and, and I. You guys are remember, re memorable, you know, it's... Uh... Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest challenges is trying to stand out, especially in like marketing agency land, because everyone saying says they're the most creative and the most this and the most that. Um, but for, for like, I think something that's helped help us actually more over the last few years is really honing down our values. And we, we've mapped out this positive impact plan, which sets the whole direction for our business. And I think having that sort of, clear north star to, yeah. to aim towards and that's tied in with the things we actually care about and the things the team cares about and getting them involved in that process is really because it sort of starts internally but then that filters out to your external communication because this is what we're heading towards this is what we're doing you start to see that online and it helps you you stand up rather than just being your generic we're an agency we do what every other agency does it's like this is what we actually give a shit about yeah, yeah. and we're going to work hard to do that showing those values is values are so important aren't they and then um like in terms of like what you offer now, is it the same as what you offered at the beginning? Like in terms of services, no. no. So how has that? No way. Has that learned <laughs> that process? Is that refined as well based on? Oh, we're good at this. Definitely. Or we don't want to work with that. So, or? yeah. So we started. I remember naively thinking, I'm going to start a full service agency, when I'd never had any experience working for an agency, and I'd just done a degree in marketing. How uh, naive was I? Um, and we yeah, so started out thinking, we're gonna build websites, we're gonna do SEO, we're gonna create content on social, we're gonna do paid ads. Just thought we could do everything. And like I said, that first few years of trying and testing lots of different things, we um, eventually in 2017, like I said, found that unique approach to creating content. 
um, like we call it advertisement or whatever with that testimonials video, we that was really the first point where we saw a lot of success with something that we loved doing, was really enjoyable, drove loads of new business and lots of people were saying they loved it. That was the moment when we sort of thought, right, we need to, and it's tied to our personalities and that kind of stuff. We need to go all in on this thing that we've, and we, like I said, we started trying with small local companies. We, we first of all worked with a gym. I remember producing uh, these like sort of um, comedic sketch videos in for this gym, where it was sort of poking fun at gym culture. Um, and subtly tying in the benefits of this gym. And we did a whole ad campaign, worked incredibly well. And that was our first small case study. Like we've done, we've applied what we learned with our testimonies video to a client campaign. It's done incredibly well. Now let's go all in on this and, and roll it out to the, to, to the bigger brands. Um, so it, it definitely, in terms of what we offered, it's evolved over time based on the trying and testing different things and seeing what we were good at. And trust me, there was lots of other things we did before that that we weren't as good at. And it takes time in trying and testing to, to eventually find our, our service offering now, which is really creative content for social and running paid social campaigns to deliver trackable e-com sales, B2B leads, that kind of thing. So what was uh, your best bit of marketing? If you, if you could look at all of the things you've done, all the videos you've done, what would you uh, isolate as the best thing you've ever done? Would it be the wig, sending the wig? Or? Well, there's... There's a few that, um, I don't know, because we have so much, I know it sounds sort of stupid, we have so much fun making some of these videos. Like sometimes I I just really struggle to even shoot them because Lloyd just makes <laughs> me laugh so much when he's just, is, is dressed up as these different characters and saying, because so, we've known each other obviously all our lives, he knows he can say one thing to me and it just, it triggers just completely triggers me. And, but I guess the, the some of the sketches we've done I actually reshared one of them recently marketers in real life where we dressed up as different characters that was one of the the first videos we did that really popped off and actually and drove lots of new business in was us we did this whole sketch series where we had like an interviewer interviewing different people for a job and the different people were representing different marketing channels it's so like influencer marketing leaflets yeah. paperclip and that kind of thing um and that was quite creative and i remember something that really worked in that actually which was another light bulb moment for us was about four minutes into the video, it's like a five minute video, we sort of uh, uh, looked at the camera and um, said, you're literally watching this for four minutes and it's an advert for our business. We know what we're doing with marketing, become a customer. And then carried on. The amount of people that commented saying, oh my God, I can't believe I was watching this advert and was loving it. And um, so that worked really well. Recently, we did a um, something that worked really well actually, was which, ha which has attracted a, a really big, drinks company that you would have heard of um is we did a gcse drama video okay. so there's a there's a tiktoker called um jack something i can't remember his name now but he he makes these parody videos where he sort of pokes fun at what it was like in a gcse drama class where yeah there's just lots of things that happen in a gcse drama class where everyone's overacting and stuff and we did a our own version of that but did it as if it was a marketing ad for our company and it did really well on linkedin and yeah got a number of messages from some really decent brands saying i've seen this we want to work with that's you cool. and we've like pitched them and stuff so yeah that's that was another good one um anything like comedic like that i we have a lot of funding there's there's obviously all of the podcast content which is more value add and that kind of thing and you can um, repurpose all that content as well can't you i mean you're literally building a bank that next year you can post a lot of that again and yeah some people will have seen it and they'll enjoy it again but other people will have never seen it and and that's helping fill your content calendar what about your exactly worst right. bit, Dan? What, give me a, give me a failure. Um, <laughs> worst bit. 
I think anything where, um, uh, like anything that's happened with a client that wasn't expected, uh, like I, I won't go into specific details of, of things, but you know, in the past we've, we've sort of think maybe chased an invoice and someone's just completely canceled everything on us because we, they were offended by it or, um, like, like some, some strange things have happened over the years where we've actually properly tried to analyze what happened there and you know, you just don't know. But anything like that has been um, sort of times where we, uh, yeah, there haven't been great times. And also I guess like all of the times that we mentioned earlier of making those mistakes that are actually good in the long run because they teach you stuff. Like I remember Lloyd and I, one of our first big pitches, well, I say big pitch, we went to this meeting. We didn't realize it was a pitch because we hadn't had experience. They wanted us to go there and pitch them our ideas. We just turned up. We just turned up, are you right, do you wanna have a chat? And they're like, go on, and then you got your presentation. And we were like, we drove all the way to Brighton for this, but like two hours. They're like, you got your presentation. And we were like, shit, it's a pitch. <laughs> and then we had to- How did you plug like, that? Got, I remember get, we bloody, we didn't, we never won it obviously, but we, I think Lloyd got out the laptop and um, started showing our website and talking through our services or something. <laughs> it was just, ah, uh, those moments where you want the floor to swallow yeah, you up. Yeah, but, we've um, all been there, haven't we? So, uh, honestly, brilliant having you on, Dan. Where can people find out about you? And, you know, showcase your services. So, so now you're doing paid social and video creation, yeah? Yeah, I'd say it's mainly uh, video and social content production and running paid social ads for uh, to drive e-commerce sales or B2B lead generation or building awareness, that kind of thing. We've worked with lots of big brands like FIFA, Wall, Nestle, Eurotunnel, various different brands. Um, in terms of where you can find us, definitely check out Business Anchors, our podcast. Um, which just search business anchors or uh, I guess on most social platforms. So I'm mainly active on kind of LinkedIn, just search my name, Dan Knowlton, mm -hmm. and you'll see some of our weird and wonderful content.